0: It's the Addicts Comedy Podcast, with your hosts, millennial heroin addict, Andy Gold, and baby boomer alcoholic, Curtis Matthews, two comedians with long-term recovery and marginally useful insight. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and nothing said here should be construed as medical advice. Curtis and Andy are not trained clinicians or even very intelligent. Now, Please enjoy the ramblings of these two big butter-filled fat slugs. Ah, live.
1: All right. Yeah, make it out. It's the Addicts Comedy Podcast. Make it so. We got a a couple things exciting happenings
0: this morning. Uh, First of all, so what are you up to? About uh, three, four packs a day? Uh, Three, four packs, 400 pounds. You know what I love is I keep looking at these recovery websites and all these people... I don't know. They they all look like they're doing better than us, Andy. And they have like one month of sobriety and their their own website. What websites are you talking about? I don't know. Just a bunch of them Andy. all of these ones. Everybody looks healthy. They're uh-huh. all they're all healthy and recovering and you and I are just two grumpy old bears.
1: Well, I, I'm not that grumpy. I'm pretty cheerful. Okay,
0: well I was fine until you started insulting me already, just out of the gate. What was
1: insulting about asking how much are you smoking? Well, it's not four packs a day, Andy. Let's see. You've been awake for about an hour, and I
0: think you've had what
1: four or five cigarettes. Four
0: hundred. I've had okay. four hundred cigarettes. All yeah, right. and I feel better now. I How can come... talk to you. I can actually get through the world. I can. I can look at it. Am I driving? Because it's so. It's so. I... It's so dark. Am I driving you to smoke? Is uh, me being in your space uh, stressing you? I don't think I can blame anybody. Uh, yeah. For uh, for my own choices, but yeah, you're fucking pissing me off. So yeah. why am I pissing you you're off? You're just like a big fat boil. You're just uh uh-huh. <laughs> A big fat boil. Yeah, that's right. It just just won't go away, man. Anyway. All right. Well, I'll
1: quit harassing you about uh, the cigarettes. And I'll quit
0: calling you a fat boil.
1: I don't mind. Um, If this makes you feel any better, as you can see, I have all of the contents of my wallet laid out on the table. Why? Because I left my wallet in my pants when I put them in the wash. Oh, boy. And everything got wet. And... I had $200 in there, so I'm lucky it didn't fly out and get lost in the wash. Yeah. So now it's just sitting out and drying. I also had my headphones in my pants, but they still work. Okay. All right. yeah. So the question is, this is, the, is this the universe telling me to quit being so spacey, or is this the universe telling me that even though I'm spacey, my life still works out? Because look, it, everything's drying. My headphones still work. Mm-hmm. Is this maybe saying, hey, Andy, you just do you? It's all
0: good. I, I think it's saying, if you can forget your wallet and your pants, you're probably the guy that isn't closing the elevator door on the fourth <laughs> floor. I just got to see if my debit card works. Listen, man, I sent you a video. I know. That was days ago. You keep Showing- forgetting to, to lock the, the... And you're locking out all the old people downstairs. I don't know how many of them have died on the stairwell <laughs> trying to come up here because uh, you, can't, you can't remember how to push the door shut so it works. Okay, well, I'm going to start sending videos... Every time I come
1: upstairs to prove that I'm shutting the door because I know that I am. Okay, I just well, just, re- am. just
0: remind yourself to, you know, whatever. I trust you, Andy. Okay, so this is a bonus episode. What's the bonus so far? Well, what are they getting? Sh- what, what are people getting today? Well, shut up and
1: let me talk. Oh, goddamn. That
0: That's abusive language, you know. So? You'd be thrown out of group. Okay. <laughs> is that what you did in rehab? So. Uh, so I told her to, I told her to man up her stuff. Hey, dickhead, you it.
1: asked a question. Here's yeah. how questions work. You ask it. Then you be quiet and let the person you asked it to answer. I don't think you the, have an
0: answer. That's why I fill in the spaces.
1: No, here it is. Okay. Bonus content will be for if we ever get subscribers to get bonus episodes that regular basic dipshits do not get.
0: This will be one of those episodes. So you're saying other people that listen to us that don't buy the bonus Episodes are be they dipshits. get one a week, they'll be dipshits,
1: basic dipshits. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. Whereas the folks who pay will be cherished subscribers, mm. and this will be one of the first episodes for our beloved subscribers. Gotcha, get it.
0: Right. Well, you okay? At the same time, I believe you need to provide something of value for the of the podcast.
1: So far, our podcast is way better than any other recovery podcast out there. Man. All of the ones you talking about how they look healthier than us—they're boring. They're lo- super lame.
0: A lot of a lot of ego in that statement.
1: It's and fake news, man. It's all of these people. Do you pretending even to-
0: have somebody you can call and talk about your recovery? I, I don't. You? Oh, what the hell! What are you saying? Yeah. So,
1: uh, um, I had a, I had a guy you need that... to
0: start smoking. Then if I give you direction, you need to start smoking and you need to, uh, stop being so mean to people. Yeah. My dude,
1: di- my dude died a while back.
0: Yeah. Of course he did. Cause he had to deal with you. You, yeah. you think you drive people to smoking? That guy died because he was tired of hearing your questions. Yeah. Let's talk was... about sponsors dying.
1: Okay. That's what happened to me. What happened to him? Was he old? Uh, he wasn't that old. He just. Didn't take uh, great care of himself. He's a big man and had a number of uh, health problems, a number of uh, heart problems and stuff like that. That's too bad. Yeah. But uh, he was awesome. How much clean time did he have? When he passed away, like 40-plus years. Wow. Yeah. it's impressive. He had two PhDs, Mm. one from the University of Utah, one from uh, BYU. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he just mostly listened. It was amazing what I could – achieve just talking and he would just stand there or sit there and say so what are you going to do about that Uh, he didn't throw out all kinds of false advice trying to be wiser than he was it's amazing what uh how helpful he was just by uh sitting there and listening he really knew his stuff he's a good man so he was like what 60 70 years old see. he was born in 1937 and he died in 2012 so let's see 75 or something yeah Yeah,
0: Good for him. It's a nice long life. It's pretty long. It's not that long these days. Okay. Well, it's long if somebody's in your space. He wasn't in
1: my space that often. I was pretty low-maintenance. Except for my first year or two. But after that, I was pretty low-maintenance, Sponsy.
0: All right. Yeah. Okay. And so what was that guy recovering from?
1: Um, Am I blowing his nominately? Not not unless I give his name. No,
0: I don't want... Uh, Alcohol. Oh, so you had an alcoholic sponsor.
1: I did, but I think that's fine.
0: Well, no, also considering 40 years, because NA
1: only, you know. Well, he also had a a background in substance abuse counseling, so he knew his stuff. That's cool, man. Yeah. His DOC was not the same as mine, but he knew
0: his stuff. So how long ago did he die?
1: 2012.
0: So you're saying you've gone six years without somebody to talk to. This seems Um, like bad advice for the listeners. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. That's what I said. Okay, forget No, it. I
1: have not gone six years, but he was uh, the most impactful. I got you. Yeah, and he was the one where I got the most work done. It was also in my first two years of recovery. And it's been pretty much all <laughs> all downhill since yeah, then. Well, yeah, well.
0: Yeah, I really lucked out. You've got a comedy career that's culminated in you rocking a yoga studio with 60 people in it. So, you know. Do you know what I, I think? Huh. I think you're
1: jealous. <laughs> I think you're jealous that you didn't get to be on that hip show.
0: <laughs> okay, all yeah. uh, right, and and um, your your perception is no longer working. So, <laughs> um, I had a guy. Uh, I had a guy named James who I love very much. James was see, I went the opposite direction. I had a guy that was recovering from uh, uh, coke, use, mm. and like other other dr- speed and stuff like that. This guy was I I loved him because he was so not me. I mean. I have a lot of respect for people that just do the craziest stuff and then they get their stuff together. It's like they went further crazy than I did. I mean, you know, I had multiple yeah. drunk, I had multiple drunk driving arrests and uh, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was just, I drank a lot and I was terrible in relationships. And uh, um, he, he, though, he was a dealer. This was my favorite story of his. He went to Vietnam and uh, he saw an opportunity to make money selling heroin. Um, so he was dealing heroin while he was in Vietnam and wow. he, he was able to uh, he was able to get addicts that were both Americans and Viet Cong. So he went between lines dropping off heroin to people. That's how he made money. Wow. And then eventually, yeah, I mean, he was uh, he, he was arrested and put in uh, federal prison for I don't know how many years, but um His bottom, you know, when you hear some of these guys bottoms, you're like, what? Uh, I guess he was dealing drugs uh, back in Houston Mm -hmm. uh, where he's from. And uh, uh, some some guy broke some junkie broke into his house or um, put a gun up to his head and pulled the trigger and then ran out after stealing drugs. Uh, And so James chased the guy or whatever. And the guy so did
1: it misfire.
0: The guy ended up getting away, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. James went out, and it's like he pulled the trigger, and it went off. So you know, um, it's one of those things where the gun didn't go off when it was pointed at his head, yeah. But when he went outside to uh, see what was up with the gun, it fired. So um, you know, that's that's what we talk about reasons why you're here. Anyway, he was really inspirational to me, and he helped other guys around Houston. You know, mm-hmm. um, other comics. He was he was he became a comedian after that, which is one of the reasons why I liked him. So. Anyway, but, yeah, James in Houston, uh, he helped me, and he helped uh, Bill Hicks. Uh, Bill Hicks and I were kind of um, in in his crew of people that he was helping. But, yeah, he was great. And I had a guy named Dave who was a sailor when I first started, an old Navy guy. You know, those guys that are married forever and are like, all right, you got to do this. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, so, uh, and, uh, you know. Right now, yeah, I'm, I need to. I need to go find somebody with a little more time than me. It's hard though, when you get to my, you know, when you get to thirty-four years, you pretty much have it figured out. So it's hard to find people that know more than you. You know, I'm being sarcastic right now.
1: Well, you're you're being sarcastic, but I actually wonder if there's some truth to that. You have thirty-four years. Oftentimes, you have more sobriety than anybody else in the
0: room. Yeah, but I can can always learn from anybody at any, you know, if they got something that works for them, I want a part of it. You know, if if, uh, somebody has what you want, you go and seek them out. No, there's a guy named uh, Steve down in the South Bay that I like a lot. He's got more time than me, and he's real solid, so, you know. But, yeah, I think it's important, obviously, to have uh, an Eskimo, so to speak, to lead you through stuff and, you know, people that uh, – I think a lot of times we we try to figure stuff out on our own and we ended up going off being, you know, cranky and unhealthy and and, uh, um, uh, angsty. And and a lot of times a person like that can settle you down, you know. Um, So uh, I, I think it's important to have somebody, you know, at some point. Did
1: you know that I speak Eskimo? I can speak it.
0: Oh, all do right. Well, do, you want, do you want to great. hear it? How do you say I've just shot your pelican in the face in 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 a wit? I goes Ola Okay, Andy, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what you just said, and I don't. It uh, says I
1: shot your pelican in the face.
0: Okay, uh, that's probably a lie. But oh, Okay, hey, Andy, boy. what? <laughs> You're like Rain Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying, man.
1: Um okay, so we're talking about So uh, get a sponsor, sponsor is what
0: I'm saying. That's the bonus content. You're my guy. Sorry.
1: Go, go get a sponsor. I already told you that you're my guy. A I'm while not ago. talking
0: to you, I'm talking to the people that might be listening. Oh. I don't um, care about you. I'm done with you. Yeah, you do.
1: You care about me you're deeply. A, you're a lost cause.
0: I most certainly am not. Why did you tell people you were jacking off outside my fire escape last night? It's dangerous and illegal. Okay, two things. I
1: thought we were supposed to keep this clean. It is clean. But secondly, uh, I'm, I'm happy that... to explain. Because uh-uh. you've gotten mad at me for gratifying myself in your apartment. Oh, come on.
0: I didn't, you know, I don't need to hear <laughs> so about So I,
1: your... <sighs> as a courtesy to you, did it on the fire escape. Okay, you know what? And the San Franciscans meandering about in the streets expect such things. So maybe it's illegal, but it's part of the culture of this city now.
0: Okay, you're, you're a sick man. See, you need All a sponsor right. to tell you not to do that. You just did. So what are you going to do about it? Hmm. Anyway... Oh, you know what? That's one of the that's one of the crimes in San Francisco. Believe it or not, if you listen to like police radio, one of the biggest uh, crimes is people like um, you know doing themselves in the windows that people can see, and they're like, "What for the love of God?" You know what <laughs> I mean? That's like one of because everybody lives close to each other, yeah. so you know when somebody's rubbing their pickle or flicking their bean or whatever you want to call it, it's uh-huh. like uh, they get arrested. So. Yeah, you shouldn't just be standing there walking around at the street. You know, just
1: even if I do it in my home, if people are, shouldn't the, the people watching be arrested? You for close being, your pee-ping?
0: windows, Andy, and certainly don't
1: get on a fire escape. Those are my windows. I'll uh, do with them what I. They're say actually choose. not.
0: They're my windows, Andy, and you know.
1: I mean, they're the. What I mean is a hypothetical me. Like this is my dwelling okay all right
0: fine okay
1: all right what i wanted to talk about today that, w- that was a good opening banter
0: we told people to get a sponsor and to not masturbate so it's already good bonus content
1: well don't do it well in no way. Uh, yeah
0: don't don't illegally masturbate yeah, if I'm, you have to master expectation hey let's talk about that early in sobriety a lot of people um they get uh they they get uh distracted by sex that's one of the ways they fill up uh uh that, that god size hole. So do you think like a person like for you, when did you get your sex drive back after quitting heroin? Was oh, it was um, it a year or was it Oh a no no, it was, it, it was much sooner than that. Because I think alcoholics are like oh i do not drink it and I got a boner all the time.
1: No, sometimes um, it actually like happens during withdrawal. Yikes you'll have like horrifying uh, masturbation sessions of like sadness during withdrawal. That's because you can't keep it down. Um because it kills your sex drive so bad, it comes back with a vengeance. Uh. And it lasts for a while, like months.
0: Like oh, you, didn't you tell me you were on stage and got a boner a while back?
1: Yeah, I sure did. It was no. my second time on stage. I was up there bombing, mm-hmm. and I just uh, felt my business moving around downstairs.
0: But Maybe part of you was like, wow, this is hot. And... You know, that also, maybe that trained you to uh, bomb as much as you do now. It's just you were trained. You're like, if I bomb, I get a bonus. I
1: associate bombing with a pleasurable feeling.
0: Yeah, yes. he, I know. And I, that's been seared into my brain. It for you, and, but everyone else, it's a, it's a horror. So,
1: anyway. Well, going up and getting laughs and doing well is kind of hacky. That's what every comic aspires to. what I'm to. saying.
0: And what I want to do is challenge the audience. Yeah, give them so- <laughs> yeah, something to think about. have him take something home. I always enjoy the comedian that lectures and goes, hey, man... This is what I think about that. Not that you're asking me, but you know, if you if you agree with a comic's political point of view, you'll walk away and go, that guy was awesome. If you don't, you'll go, that guy was an idiot. But either way, you're not getting laughs. So sure. I always love when people go, a comedian owns this topic. And you're like, eh, no, that's just because you agree with him. Sure, man, just sure. Anno- it was annoying.
1: No, I, I agree with you. Um, I have no interest in watching a comic who votes the same way I do, and all they're doing is expressing their uh, similar points of view. That's boring to me.
0: Well, I don't think anybody's ever walked away from a comedy show go, you know what, I'm changed politically. No, no. I'm changing. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm now going to go and free the ferrets, and uh, I'm going to strap myself to the embassy.
1: Yeah, I don't like comedy that's pretty much just good points. Someone standing up there and making good well, points. Well,
0: that's a speech. You might as well become a speaker or do a speech to entertain.
1: Would you rather see a comic who's saying things that you disagree with, but it's making you laugh, or a comic who saying things you agree with, but is not making you.
0: Laugh. I would rather see the person that makes me laugh. Me too. Yeah. Me too. For I sure. Think comedy is about making people laugh. I might be wrong. I know. Crazy. i looked up a definition lately. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I want somebody that's funny. Um, you know, that's what's interesting is I consider myself politically kind of in the middle. Um, I, I've yet to see, I would love to see a conservative comedian that's really funny. You know what I mean? Like really funny. Like, I know Dennis Miller's out there doing stuff. and and, uh, Yeah, but his funny has gone downhill. No, I know, but I'm saying I would love to see a very conservative comedian. Because I've seen a lot of liberal comedians that are pretty funny. I want to see a conservative guy make me laugh.
1: Sure, I, I think there's conservative comics who are very funny, but you wouldn't know their conservative leanings while they're on stage.
0: You know, what's interesting is people consider, like, what we do, the Addicts Comedy Tour, to be kind of consider- uh, conservative. And, really? Yeah, well, we don't – I mean, we believe in a higher power, which might make us kind of conservative, but we're not lecturing people about drugs and alcohol because, you know, drugs and alcohol are awesome. It's just you, know, you and me and, you know, guys like us can't do drugs and alcohol. So I don't know if we're lecturing, but I think people put it in the same category, you know?
1: See, I think a lot of conservative people would look at uh, my view of a higher power much to their chagrin. Because it's not a deity or a man in the sky with a beard that's promising paradise in the hereafter, you know, if we don't have sex or some such. (laughs) Um, My higher
0: power is is, the Utah Jazz. um, What does that mascot the Jazz have? What is it? Well, it's funny you should ask. That's the Jazz Bear. The Jazz Bear. And the
1: man who was in the suit since 1994 was recently let go. Mm -hmm. And there's a big controversy over it. People are all butthurt about it. But. That job is stunts. The Jazz Bear does more stunts than any other mascot. Right. Okay. Backflips, motorcycle jump loops, and he's an old man now. Right. So you got to get some young blood in there. That that makes sense. It's time to move on. That makes sense. He was my favorite mascot until uh, Gritty came along. (laughs) Gritty is my higher power. Okay, from the Flyers.
0: That's right. Philadelphia Flyers. Gritty. You don't even know the flyer. You don't care. You're not even a hockey fan. And you know this is a Shark's household. I don't know if you know that. And all of a sudden you're a Flyers fan and Gritty. It's, yeah, it's
1: well, just we have freedom of religion in this country and Gritty. <laughs> okay, is my well guy. not in
0: this house. All right, no, it's okay. Sharky is my hero. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into it with Gritty a uh, Gritty Sharky standoff. Sharky's been doing this longer. Do you know Sharky years ago got stuck on the roof? He was trying to come down on the ropes, and he got stuck in the roof, and they had to delay the start of the game because of mascot just, It was stuck. hanging. out and They had to bring in the fire department. That's hilarious. So you can actually see a video of Sharky being stuck in the rafters.
1: If Sharky fell from the rafters and splattered on the ice, do you think they would continue the game after mopping up, or would they postpone it? Because when Owen Hart died at, at uh, WrestleMania or whatever, they just continued the WrestleMania. Okay,
0: Andy... I think people would be so horrified that probably, yeah, they would postpone the game if he splattered. That's a sad, horrible thought to have about a a mascot plunging to his death (laughs) before a game. In 1998, that exact thing happened at a
1: wrestling pay-per-view for the WWF. Owen Hart, who at the time was a character called the Blue Blazer fell from the rafters, and died. That's terrible, man. <laughs> yeah. And then Why are they, you laughing? Because they just continued. God. They hauled him off and then continued <sighs> the pay-per-view. That's terrible, man. And then the next night, uh, Raw was tributed to Owen, mm-hmm. their uh, cable program. Mm-hmm. And to pay tribute, they had Stone Cold Steve Austin come out and uh, drink a beer. And <laughs> <laughs> go cheers,
0: Owen, on the Titan trot. <laughs> That's a terrible story. Yeah, they
1: got all kinds of hell for that. Well, maybe they didn't think he
0: was going to die when they carted him off the night before. And then, right, it's not like, oh, I'm dead. What if we were on the road
1: together and I had a heart attack on stage? Would you take my body off stage at least before going up? Or would you just let me lie there dead while you did your act?
0: You know, I actually, I would uh, try to... I I think part of me wants to see why your balls and your ass are so itchy all the time, why you're always grabbing them. So maybe I'd look to see if there was a giant rash. Then I would do my act on top. Well, if you would listen to me. I would make fun of your corpse. I would walk up and go, look at this fat guy. (laughs) Well, I'm getting thin again. I'll have you. (laughs) All
1: right. Well, I'll make fun of your thin corpse. And I've explained why my hand goes to my balls.
0: I don't it's want to It's not know. a w- matter of itching. It's just a matter of habit. Okay, i a matter. Of I would comfort. put my foot on your on your neck while you were dead, and then I would do comedy. When you don't let I put me, the mic stand on your belly and just talk. When you don't let me touch my balls, you're body shaming me. Oh, that's ridiculous i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying there's anything wrong with your body i'm saying the action of you touching your balls as much as you do is off-putting you're, and frightening and if the windows were open the cops would show up that's what i'm saying
1: you're uh quirk
0: shaming me it's a little weird quirk i have and your quirk shaming me quirk shaming yeah okay so what how about that that's my answer when people go you're and i'm like okay so what well I'm you're like- violating my so what well, you can't stop me. Blah blah blah
1: blah. We're gonna start picketing your shows. Me and all my okay, that friends. sounds great. Friends, all right. You'll be
0: at that show. That's weird.
1: What I did—that's true. What I did want to talk about. This kind of ties into uh, what we were talking about. Your guy James and uh, my homie Robert. Um, you know, people helping us along. I want to talk about uh, self-discovery for a little bit. Okay, learning who you are in early recovery. Uh, did you have any uh, startling or exciting uh, discoveries about yourself? In early fr- recovery. Yeah, or even now.
0: Uh, okay, I, I I don't know. I think they talk about hold that mic to your mouth. No, come on, man! It's a lot today. Uh, yeah. I, they talk about what is it, peeling the onion, and the, the closer you get, the more you cry. As you peel the onion, you uh-huh. figure out who you are. Um, <laughs> I I think I. Honestly, you know, they talk about all your best thinking being wrong. I I think in the last, uh, I don't know, however long the journey's been, that I really have some weird ideas about stuff that aren't, you know, they seem normal and natural to me, you know, like how to deal with finances and business and people and stuff like that. And they aren't necessarily healthy or right. So... You know, um, I learned by, by looking at like the reaction to some of the stuff that I do I, I, in, in life and in business. And I, and I, and I go, Oh, that must be wrong. Uh, because of the way that pe- uh, people are doing stuff. I mean, you know, Lundholm, uh, Mark, who we love, he, he was talking on the stage a while back about, you know, um, how addicts look at stuff like they get a credit card, yeah. right? When an addict gets a credit card for $10,000, uh, Limit and they'll go, Oh, I just got $10,000. Most people will think I have $10,000, you know, as a backup source um, that I'll pay off because I don't want to pay interest and interest is bad. Yeah. You know, Uh, but yeah, um, alcoholics and addicts go, Oh, free money. Yeah. Free $2,000. Here's a, you know, so I'm just saying it's stuff like that. So I realized that I've had to learn a lot uh, that normal people already know. Um, So I, yeah, I think how I deal with people and how I look at life, just about, Most, most everything, you know, and I think a lot of ways we're very selfish and narcissistic and we think about, well, how can this benefit me as opposed to what would, I don't know if we ever have that thought, how would my actions affect people, uh, who care about me or that are my friends? I don't necessarily know if that we ever have that thought until we start to get well, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Um, Hey, man, uh, if I steal something, uh, that company loses money or, hey, if I, uh, you know, um, uh, punch that guy in the face, uh, his face is going to hurt and uh, he's going to have to go to the hospital. And, you know, I I don't know. So. So, yeah, that's self-discovery that that self that is a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic dude. And, uh, you know, I need to take a look at uh, myself one day at a time and try to get better.
1: Right. And things that you can change and cannot change. That, that's a big uh, learning experience. It takes a little while.
0: Right. So, uh, obviously, you always bring up topics because you have something real pithy to say. So, Andy, what what was your self discovery? It's all about you. You see it? Even how you do the topics might be really narcissistic because you want to go on this. Go. Uh, that's not true. I don't actually have anything to say. I was
1: hoping that you would say something insightful and interesting. Uh, that didn't I could happen, though, off of. did it? So, that certainly didn't happen. So,. Once again, you've uh, proven to be a big uh, disappointment.
0: disappointment. Okay. Yeah. Did you um, think those words might hurt me? Or you don't even care? You're like, I just needed to say them.
1: Did oh, you I ever think maybe. how that
0: would affect me?
1: I like it how when it's my turn to talk, you once again pick up your phone and start texting your stupid-ass students. Okay. Why are you
0: hurtful to those people? <laughs> go ahead.
1: I shouldn't say they're stupid. They're really wonderful people. Okay, go ahead. Um, let's see. I had something to say. Uh, no, what
0: your self discovery for you in the last couple of years?
1: Um, well, I think most of what I've uh, discovered has been more startling. I, I I got really bad ADD. I mean, I've always known that, but I think as I've gotten to be an adult, uh, it's become more more evident.
0: Uh, and. I think I'm trying- <laughs> <laughs> I think I have really bad A D D and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to commercial real quick. Oh is that another I, have,
1: I can't think of anything to say oh, on that. Okay.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, so, hey everybody if you're looking for a, a headline or a cleanance over headline. Also a professional comedian, but one that you can Count on to not only be funny, not burn your place down. Go to recoverycomedy.com, recoverycomedy.com. Talk to Rich over at recoverycomedy.com for your N-A-A-S-A-S-L-A-G-A-O-A, uh, Al-Anon, whatever you got as well as... Or maybe you got a regular comedy show and you just want some guy that's uh, not going to drink all your booze. Get a hold of Rich at recoverycomedy.com.
1: Okay. Um, let's... Uh,
0: you want to end it? This is no, good no, bonus we got, we, content. We, we have to at least
1: go to the mailbag. <laughs> this is the stuff that people are going to be paying for. You, you, can,
0: ha- you can talk about it for the regular dipshits on the next episode. Okay,
1: um, what are you looking at? No oh, time? No. Yeah, we're, we're, what, good. Is we're this good one on time. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the question. And I okay, got uh,
0: this is from uh, Chelsea in Lansing, Michigan. How can I deal with the boredom of sobriety?
1: Well, first of all, she's from the same town that Magic Johnson is from. <laughs> so, that's... <laughs> that's pretty cool what are the odds of that <laughs> yeah. um honestly like look back at when you were using and drinking and ask yourself you if you were really having that fun all right if it were a huge problem i think that's like a big lie that uh addicts tell themselves in early recovery is oh the fun days are over and now it's going to be boring uh a i think you might be deceiving yourself that might be your manipulative uh Addict mind tricking you into thinking that waking up dope sick and spending all your money was a lot of fun. And did you really have that many friends? And were those parties really parties? When I was in early recovery, I actually believed that. I thought the exciting times were gone and the boring days are ahead. As I have more time under my belt and a better perception, I look back and I'm like, man, those days weren't fun at all. Uh, just being a criminal, being dope sick all the time, Always having to be in trouble with the law or worry about being in trouble with the law, always being on probation, always having uh, court appointed, uh, apathetic government workers who were my uh, counselors. That was my life for years. Uh, that was no fun at all. The people in my lives weren't friends. Uh, I was a junkie, they were a junkie, and we used each other when we had dope. So I would say over time, you know, you're going to reassess your. Uh, definition of fun and see that you actually aren't having that much fun in active addiction uh not everybody's going to live a life as exciting as mine and go off and be a rad comedian who tours around the country and you know has the best job in the world and lives with the one and only curtis matthews for a couple of months uh okay you're spinning off all right so but i'm talking about fun right i am not spinning off okay okay Um, How fun is it to be nine years into your career and work in a yoga studio? It was a lot of fun, I'll have you know. My life is much more fun now that I'm clean and sober than it was when I was using. And I think my favorite thing about the Attics Comedy Tour, if I can plug our own shit for a minute, is we give an opportunity for people in recovery, and I think especially people in early recovery, to come out and have a good time and have some fun. And I think that's one of the coolest things we do is we show that – uh, you can have fun and recovery and a good night out for sure. So I think uh, the fun days are actually more ahead of you than they are behind you, Chelsea from Lansing, Michigan. Uh, make sure you pay respect to Magic Johnson, still the third best player of all time, third or fourth best player of all time. All right, Curtis.
0: Basketball for people that don't know basketball. Yeah.
1: Okay. Are you ready for your question? Sure, let's have it. All right. Uh, this is from Kenneth in Billings, Montana. He said, I'm sober now, with three exclamation points. So he's excited. That'd be funny if
0: that was it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sober now. That's.
1: Does that mean I have to tell my friends to hide their pills and booze when I come visit?
0: Okay. Um, first of all... <laughs> uh, Billings, Montana, is the home of the 2065th greatest NBA player, Bayard Foyers Forrester. <laughs> no, okay. There was a guy named Bayard Forrester. Anyway, no, I don't know. if there Any basketball players come from Billings? That's um, a, it, let's answer that question later because okay. your brain, it'll take for days to figure <laughs> it out. But um, if anybody knows, let us know. Remember
1: that insight I had earlier on self-discovery?
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> um, right. Billings, Montana. I've been to Billings. It's a lovely place until it snows. Uh, I think that's uh, I-M-H-O. Nah, isn't that what the kids say? Um I don't I, – I think it depends on what level of, of sobriety and recovery you're at. You know, um, I think my my friends always got weird. It was weird because when you stop drinking, for whatever reason, people get really – if people have drinking and, and drug problems around you, they get really weird about it, you know. Um, like uh, they're doing something wrong. Like your example, it has nothing to do with those people's lives. That's what I think is interesting. but um I think if it if it if it if you get nervous or sweaty or you feel like using, um, then don't be around those people. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to change anybody's life around you. I mean, you have to figure out what works for you. I remember. I mean, here's a here's a trap, especially for me as an alcoholic. And I always love. And, and we'll go back to our show for a second. Where people go, are you going to serve alp- alcohol? I we're not serving alcohol, but we as stand-up comedians, we tend to work in clubs, and clubs make money by selling alcohol. But they're not offering alcohol to you. They're selling alcohol to people that can have alcohol. So don't come to our show if you're really that sensitive and new to. But you got to live in the real world, man. And I tell people this all the time. Like I can find whatever I want uh, that would be bad for me within like a five minute walk of my house. I could find I could find drugs. I could find alcohol. I could find sex. I could find uh, criminals. I could find anything I want. So that's the world you live in. Um So when I first went to a bar, like my first year of sobriety, instead of sitting there going, I can never drink again, I was like, well, I'm not going to drink today. And I feel good about not drinking because when I drink, it leads to X, Y, Z and jail uh, for me or X, Y, Z and automobile crash. Uh, So I don't focus on what other people are doing. Your friends don't need to do anything, although if you're with a friend and it seems slippery and unsafe to you then wait until you feel a little more comfortable to be around that friend. Or it's possible that you stop being friends with that person. Another thing would be if it's your family. I mean, you can't, you can uh, walk away from your family. I know people that have done it, but you know, um, it's just, you let them know, Hey, this is what's safe for me. And this is what's not safe for me when I'm in your space. And I know Thanksgiving is coming up and, um, People get weird about Thanksgiving, Um, and I, you know, I never wanted to drink at Thanksgiving. Uh, I I never, I don't know, maybe my first year I go, well, it's weird not drinking, but it it, it wasn't a big thing. Just don't go to, you know, take care of yourself, be safe, but your friends don't need to change anything is what
1: I'm saying. And Curtis ain't lying about his neighborhood being a hellhole. I spent the better part of this morning reading Yelp reviews of Asian handjob parlors. There's about 50 within two square miles. You've really carved out a nice life for yourself here okay, in the Okay, you know knob. what,
0: Andy? Look, I don't know why you got to be hurtful at the end of this episode, but I will tell you there's a reason. Because of those Asian massage parlors around here, you notice people smile a lot, okay? So it's doing good. <laughs> that is it for the first ever bonus episode, which might
1: just be a regular episode, of the Addicts Comedy Podcast starring Andy Gold with Curtis Matthews. Yeah. God bless everybody. And God bless America. And Gritty, of course, above all.